The Bible Study Podcast, episode 801. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the book of Philippians with the second part of chapter 2. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We continue on where we left off with chapter 2, verse 12. Do everything without grumbling. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation." Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you so that you too should be glad and rejoice with me. Okay, that's a rather dense set of paragraphs there. The first thing it says is, therefore, my dear friends. And whenever you see the word therefore, that's a great time to pause and figure out what it's there for. Remember where we were last time as we were talking about the imitating the humility of Christ. Christ who did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but instead humbled himself and died on a cross. And so it says, because then, therefore... Christ had this humility and Christ did this for us. Therefore, you should, as you've always done, you've been obedient, Paul is saying. And I know that you've been obedient. You've been obedient when I was there and you've been obedient when I'm gone. And he doesn't mean obedient to Paul. He means obedient to God. They've been doing the right things. That's great. That's terrific. And remember, Paul started this letter with how he thanks God when he thinks of the church in Philippi. And then he says, continue to work out your salvation. Work out your salvation is an interesting phrase um, to, because we are saved by what Christ did. And so he's not saying that they're working their way into salvation, but they're working out their salvation. They're sort of putting it into practice. They're acting as those who have been saved, acting as those who are under the kingship of God, who's whose realm has been transferred, as Paul will say in Colossians, from the kingdom of this world into the kingdom of the Son. So, but do do it with fear and trembling. And that's and I my impression is here that he's saying not to be so sure of your salvation that you don't put effort into it. Right? It's all because of what Christ did, and yet Paul says in sometimes that he wants us to be mature and fully assured of our salvation. And other times like this, he says he wants us just not to take it for granted, maybe, uh, but to consider all that Christ has done. And therefore, with fear and trembling, with with humility, maybe, since we were talking about humility last time, before God and what God has done for us, uh, not to work our way into salvation, but to work out that salvation, to, to put it into practice. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. So 
remember that the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to dwell within us, God dwelling within us, to work out our sanctification, to make us more like Christ, to make us more holy, to make us more a vessel that God can dwell in, to make us more a tool that God can use. And so God is at work in us, at work in you, at work in me. It doesn't feel like that, I know, every day. You may get stuck in some areas of your life, in that particular habit, that particular sin. I know I do, but it says God is at work. God is at work in us to work out our salvation, to work us into the vehicle, the vessel, the tool that God can use. And then then it gets hard. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. So it's not enough, he says, just to do the right things, but you ought to not grumble about it. Now, I don't know how many of you have had children and have had them had to ask them to do chores. And, you know, there's the old child who's sitting on the couch playing their game or whatever and won't get up and take the trash out. That is disobedient. And then there's this child who gets up and takes the trash out but grumbles the whole time. That doesn't feel a whole lot better, (laughs) right? It still feels like you're doing this great, but your heart is not in it. And Paul is saying here, as we work out our salvation, as we work into our faith, as we become more like Christ, we ought to not be grumbling about it. And what he's talking about, I think, in particular here is in the church, because we've got arguing in there also, is how are we dealing with one another? And is there that joy that should come from our relationship with God and our relationships with one another? It says, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God, without fault, in a warped and crooked generation. So he understands that we're in this generation. Now, his generation he was talking about there, we could say it of ours as well. Uh, I could certainly point out a few things in the news that seem a little warped and crooked to me, and I bet you could too. They may or may not be the same things, but this is a broken and fallen world, and that is a fact. It was broken in Paul's time, and it's still broken now. And he's saying, then you will shine like the stars in the sky. I want you to stand out. I don't want you to blend in as the same as everyone else. I want you to stand out because of that joy, not that arguing and and grumbling, which would blend in perfectly. And I want you to be blameless and pure. I want you to stand out like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life, as you cling to your faith. And I want to be able to boast of you, Paul says, when I'm when I'm standing there before the throne of grace, when I'm standing there in God's presence and you're standing there also, I want to feel proud of what we have accomplished together. I want to feel proud of your faith. Uh, And Paul feels that day is coming. He feels like he's being poured out like a drink offering at the sacrifice, that his life is running out. And so he is thinking about that time that he'll be standing before the throne of grace and thinking about their faith and encouraged by it. And then he goes on, Timothy and Epaphroditus. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served me in the work of the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I see how things are go with me, and I am confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. 
but I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill and almost died, but God had mercy on him and not on him only, but also on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore I am all the more eager to send him, so that when you see him again you may be glad, and I may have less anxiety. So then, welcome him in the Lord with great joy, and honor people like him. Because he almost died for the work of Christ, he risked his life to make up for the help you yourselves could not give me. And so Paul is talking about two particular people, and one is Timothy, who we know a fair amount about. Timothy, a young man who comes from a faithful mother and grandmother, we know from elsewhere. Timothy, who Paul writes two other letters to, who also becomes a pastor, someone who is caring for the church, someone he holds in deep regard, like a son. And he's talking about, I am hoping to send Timothy to you so to encourage you, The one thing that's discouraging in there is not that Timothy has done so well, but that he stands out because he's done so well, right? That other people are looking to their own interests. And I think he's talking about other people he's working with and other people in the church. He's not just talking about other people in that broken and fallen world. And even in the church, we sometimes care for our own interests, don't you think? And so he... Timothy stands out as someone who is a faithful minister, and that part's good. And then he also has this other brother who we only hear about here, as far as I can recall, uh, Epaphrodites, who is someone from Philippi and someone who they have sent to care for Paul, which I think is wonderful that not only did the church support Paul's ministry as he went other places, not only did the church remember Paul, But the church, when Paul is in prison, says, hey, let's send Epaphrodites over to Paul to see if he can help. And so Epaphrodites is apostolos. He is sent. He is uh, sent to see if he can help Paul. And now Paul is sending him back. He knows that they've been worried about him. And Epaphrodites is is homesick. He is longing for this, this community that he loves. And so Paul is probably putting this letter in his hand and sending him back to this church uh, so that they too can be encouraged by this faithful brother in Christ. And I pray that we will also encourage each other as faithful brothers and sisters in Christ this week and in the future. And with that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. Hello, my name's Rachel Carmen, and I want to invite you to come over and listen to my podcast. It's called Real Refreshment. For years and years as a young mother, I chased after the wind, thinking that the world could offer me the refreshment I longed for. But it was only when I discovered it in the person of Jesus Christ that I really found refreshment. Come on over and join me as we dig into Bible study. I'll see you there.